Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Welcome to this episode of Behind the Screen. Today, we're talking with Ava Suarez, our writer for Forward Day by Day for the July issue. Hi, welcome, Ava. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. Well, it's so good to have you with us and to talk with you. You're in New York right now, right? Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, um, anything that you would want readers to know about you. Gosh. (laughs) Um, I knew I was going to be asked this question and I should have. (laughs) Um, Something uh, a little bit about me is I'm originally from Washington, D.C., Um, grew up there and went to performing arts high school actually my mom wanted me to be an opera singer Uh, I like to think it's God who had a different plan (laughs) not just the listening public (laughs) Um, but so I went to Columbia undergrad and studied actually world religion my focus was um, Hinduism and Indian religious communities and um, in studying that I realized how much deep down I really wanted to be studying Christianity and staying connected to um, the faith that I had been raised in and had sort of wandered away from in college. And um, in studying Hinduism too, I really fell in love with what religion is, um, what faith does not only for us as Christians, but for our brothers and sisters around the world. So um, one of my passions uh, is the Hebrew scriptures, and I hope that that shows in in my writing for the month of July. I tried to pull lines from our Old Testament stories and the Psalms as much as I was pulling them from from the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was made a little bit easier, too, by the lectionary being all about the crucifixion in that chunk. Right, right. Um, But yeah, so I uh, studied um, Hinduism at Columbia and then dove right into seminary. And so I got my MDiv, my Master's in Divinity from Union Theological Seminary, and concurrently got my Master's in Social Work from Hunter. Yeah. So you were a little busy in school. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) So I'm interested about the opera singing and the artistic um, experience that you had growing up. Do you find that you tap into that creative side a lot as as a priest or do you wish you had more opportunities to do that Hmm. well I don't know how creative I was because I was singing other people's music (laughs) but I um but I do love um the musical tradition of the Episcopal Church. Uh, I think it was a big part of my faith formation as a kid, you know, singing in choir, really um, hearing Bible stories in our hymnody, hearing prayers in our hymnody and, and really having them take root in me. So I know singing is, is, a, is a big part of how I pray and worship even when I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I do love how um, musical our tradition is and I'm blessed that the church where I work right now, St. James, has a really rich and robust music program. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite hymn? Oh gosh, it's like choosing a favorite child. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um gosh. Well you can tell us a couple. Yeah, I go through um I love Hifferdal, love Divine, all loves excelling Mm because it has that 
beautiful line at the end, um, changed from glory into glory. Um, that always gets me. Right. Um, Till in heaven we take our place, casting down our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. <laughs> that's a that's a favorite. Um, Be thou my vision um, is a favorite. I think that's one of the first ones that I realized I had learned. Um, mm-hmm. Kid, uh, we sang Rock of Ages on Sunday, and I love that. How great thou art. Some of those yeah. more American hymns. Right. I could play hymns for a long time, so we should. <laughs> <laughs> Go down that rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs> You're welcome to sing if you decide, you know, you want to answer question and, um, song. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, well, tell me a little bit. So you grew up, your father's a journalist, pretty well-known journalist, uh, Ray Suarez. So tell me, um, I'm imagining that there were a lot of conversations about what was happening in the world. And I, I wonder if you could talk about how those conversations and your faith, um, how you held those intention and, and uh, also how they, not intention, but how they overlapped. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, talking about what was happening in the news was always a part um, of, you know, family dinners, just being together. My dad would come home from work and we would talk about the news. The news was always on, um, on the radio. Right. Um, and I remember uh, realizing at school that that was not what everybody talked about. <laughs> um, but also of my parents, um, my dad is the tr- is the church guy. And so it was interesting to be sort of learning the current events from him and then also, you know, going to church with him on Sunday and seeing the ways that those same topics that seemed very much on his mind even when I was too young to maybe understand what was happening, um, that those same conversations that were swirling around my house were then also what were being lifted up in prayers. So I, I saw from a very early age that what happened in the world was important in church, even though it seemed like church was oriented around these ancient stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not where you go to hear the current events read. <laughs> right. um, so I think, yeah, the idea that faith needs to be very responsive to the needs of the world um, is a part of the way that I was raised um, in worship. Uh, and, and part of, I think, what makes faith important to my dad and why he, why he made it important to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's also given me, uh, as an adult, a bit of a struggle with people saying that certain things are too political um, to talk about in church. I don't really see the, the political religious divide. I don't know where it is. I definitely know that there's certain stuff that's partisan um, and that's not helpful to talk about which of our two political parties has better politicians or better platforms. But the like issues of war, violence, um, income inequality, poverty, Um, I mean, living in New York City, uh, a city of renters where, you know, there's rent regulations and tenants rights and people who fight to subvert those things. And um, Jesus had a lot of things to say about tenants (laughs) and masters and landowners. And so, yeah, I'd say that um, looking for those pressure points in scripture is very rich because sometimes what Jesus has to say about those things surprises us. Uh, and enrages us. <laughs> I'm thinking of the people who got paid just as much for working for an hour as the people who worked all day. 
right? Um, but you know, also a growing edge for me to hear um, to hear from others what does feel political, and and to sort of take a deep breath myself and and learn from them, and and what are the ways that we can sort of be led into seeing all of our lives through the lens of through the lens of church, and not just a little bit of life, right? Right. Well, taking that dismissal to go out into the world and to serve and, you know, it's just, it's, it sounds like it was a um, really manifest in the conversations that you had around your dinner table and in the life that you were leading and that you saw your family um, mm-hmm. leading. Yeah. You didn't, uh, a lot of people say, oh, politics and religion, the two off, off the table topics. Clearly not at your house. Right? No. <laughs> no, those are basically the only topics and um, movies. My husband right. always laughs that when he uh, hangs out with my family, the only topic is the movies that he hasn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Well, speaking of your husband, you're newly married. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank so you, you got married during the pandemic. I, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you also, you know, in your ministry um, during the pandemic, how would you say, um, what were some of the surprises in being a priest and trying to serve a community during the pandemic? And um, let's let's find some hope. What kind of hopefulness did you find in um, in the new way of having to serve the congregation and the community? Hmm. that's a tough that's a tough question Um, and uh you know it's a hard question to find the the hopefulness in at times I think um I think a lot of people serving in ordained ministry um around the world were really challenged by the pandemic in part because it struck at the heart of our faith, which is, you know, an incarnate community that is brought together and made one through the breaking of bread and the sharing of a cup. Um, And that was exactly what was, what was lost. And so um, it has been a challenge at times. I mean, it's been a challenge the whole time (laughs) and um, for the better to, to really sort of have your ways of, of seeing and being challenged. Um, there were definitely a lot of painful moments, but gosh, the feeling of restarting our um, feeding ministry, we have a, um, we serve two meals a week um, and we, we had tried to make grab and go and then shut it down because um, our food distributor shut down, like all, it's like everything fell apart in one week. Mm -hmm. And um, it took us a little while to get it up and running again, get volunteers able to sort of come back to the building again. We are in New York. So the very beginning, we're in Manhattan. The very beginning of the pandemic was a, a scary time to be in New York City. Right, right. Um, but so when we got it back up and running, it was so much harder. Mm-hmm. But just the feeling, even trying to be distanced in this kitchen with masks on and, and but just the feeling of doing that work with people again, um, everything became so much more more difficult. But that made it all the more precious, mm-hmm. and it made what our tradition is and what we do together at church. I I will never take it for granted again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hope that that's. I hope many years from now, 
that we're able to still hold on to some of the um, the gratitude for the things that we missed and had to change so much. And uh, I hope that that's a, a gift of the pandemic among the many um, terrible things that happened. Yeah. During yeah. It. So, yeah. Well, in the midst of this pandemic of getting married, of trying to minister in impossible situations, we asked you to rate a month of meditations <laughs> and um, because you had nothing else going on, right? <laughs> right? Um, so tell us what it was like to write um, these um, daily meditations. You wrote them a year ago. As some listeners will know, we ask writers to write a year in advance um, in part because we translate these into Spanish and into Braille, and then we distribute them around the world. And so we just need kind of a long lead time to get all those parts moving. Um, but it means that you're writing uh, a, a long time ahead of time, um, but you are also writing at a really difficult period in the life of the world. So what was it like to write them? Oh gosh, um, it was a really, fascinating experience. Um, when you reached out to me, I was totally shocked. Um, and uh, I don't know if listeners know that your practice is to send along a couple days uh, worth of, you know, here's the lectionary, there's a commemoration on this day, if you could just write a sample. So I did that and sent it along and I was like, gosh, that's fun. Um, that's really interesting. And then you sent back 31 days of a lectionary and, and the practice, um, cause it really did become a practice. I ended up writing them in very concentrated periods of time, like mm -hmm. several hours at a time writing several meditations in a row. Um, I mean, you know, we all have the vision of like, I'll do a little bit each day of this project. Right. <laughs> it doesn't always work out that way. Right. Um, but getting into that concentrated rhythm, um, you have to find something in scripture, even when it, even when a something doesn't really avail itself, it doesn't make itself a, a apparent right away. Like the lectionary preachers in the Episcopal Church, for the most part, right? Who put the revised common lectionary together? We're like, here's a theme. <laughs> here's your day. Here's right. your bread day or your sheep day or you know. Um, there were there are no such thing themes in the daily office lectionary, right. and so. I never wanted to neglect any of the scripture, even though you can only choose one verse. So really spending time reading all of that and, and trying to see, is there a through line for this? Is there something so troubling in this that it has to be looked at? Um, is there something so powerful in this that like I have to, have to pull it out? But also the challenge of how do I write kind of out of time? Mm -hmm. knowing that everyone who reads this will have experienced the pandemic, but knowing, you know, really keenly that I had no idea what was coming. So right. I can make zero assumptions about um, the world, uh, the July of 2022, the world that we would be in. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I didn't, you know, but it was, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, I think we are, we are taught you know, in our preaching and our theological thinking to root it, you know, in our context and in our lives. And when you deliberately cannot do that because you're writing for, you know, such a vast and diverse audience and um, knowing that it is such a long way away that anyone will read it, um, mm -hmm. an interesting challenge. Yeah, it is. And it's 
um, you can't write forever. You have a, a, a limited period of time or limited space, which is a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, readers may note I used every single word of my <laughs> <laughs> And they will be delighted. I, I'm <laughs> so. Well, is there, I've really enjoyed our time talking. Is there anything that you would want to add or to share with folks? Um, yeah, I kind of want to circle back to what I was saying about the pandemic. Um, and of course, the scripture that's coming to mind, I can't remember <laughs> where it's from. <laughs> But I think it's Ezra. Um, so it's sort of what you said, like, how do we find the hope and the blessing and all that has happened while also making space for, you know, sort of everything that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been thinking a lot about, I think it's in Ezra when the people are going to the temple mm-hmm. and the people who saw the old temple are crying and the people who have never seen the temple are rejoicing. And the cry is so great that from far away, you can't understand the sound. I forget how I've, I should be able to find it in the Bible right now, but I know I can't. I think it's in Ezra. Um, and it is such a striking image to me um, yeah. that like just the people, you can't tell if they're, if they're weeping or rejoicing. And I think we are, we are both of those things. We're all of those, all of those people. And it is going to be such a gift to be able to return to our to our sanctuaries for people who haven't yet had that opportunity or you know have been sort of one foot in one foot out you know that's been our our story mm-hmm. um you know making space for all that we've lost and realizing that god's goodness and that god you know will not let anything go to waste mm-hmm. that like there is also so much that we have been blessed with and that is going to be born as a result of this. And mm-hmm. yeah, what a gift. Think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot to hold all together at the same time. But I think um, I'm thankful that God gives us the grace and the opportunity to try to do it and the grace when we fail. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the example, I mean, that's a, I've, I was not familiar with that. Um, story and so now I want to go in and um, research it because it's such a lovely (laughs) that's right it's such a lovely story and a lovely illustration of um this kind of uh, both and world that we that we feel like we're in so yeah so thank you thank you for sharing that and thank you so much for for writing and for um, opening yourself up and just really listening to God speaking through you and I know that your words will be a blessing to our readers as they were to me. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. (laughs) 